What's up, guys? Welcome back or welcome to our podcast called Behind the Mask. I'm Chris. And I'm Becca. Awesome. So today we have a return guest. We have Pastor Barry on again to really start our series on unlearning. There's a little bit of, uh, before I let Pastor Barry introduce himself, I'll talk about what we're talking, what our series is about. Um, so as athletes in our transition to life after sport, there are things that are really not helpful that we need to unlearn. And then there's things that are helpful. And in this one, we're going to break down something that's not super helpful uh, that we don't really want to take with us in life after sport. But before we do that, Pastor Barry, I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the people. Hey, everybody. Um, it's awesome to be back on. I was back on in, uh, back in November. I was on. I looked at the date. In, in certain ways, it seemed like a really long time ago. And then in other ways, it seemed just like a month ago, which is kind of like a theme, you know, for the, the past year. Uh, but I am a pastor at Fervent Church. I'm location pastor in Seoul. However, I'm super involved uh, at both locations. Uh, I've been in full-time ministry for, um, as like, as a pastor, it's only been like two years. Um, but I am, I grew up in church. And then uh, after my sophomore year in college, my parents, Jesus became my Jesus. That kind of started my, my own path that was, uh, it was sports primarily. Uh, I played baseball through college and played one year of basketball in college. It's a fun story. And, uh, and then the guitar kind of took over. As I learned the guitar, it kind of started my whole like worship leading uh, journey, which ended up me being a pastor. Uh, I'm married for 10 years and I have three little kids. Two of them are mine. I'm fostering one other one. And that might come up during the conversation only because I find myself talking about it often. So that comes up. I'm an adoptive and a foster dad. So um, that's me. Awesome. Yeah, no, every time uh, you kind of tell the your foster and adoption story, it's really, really cool. So if it comes up, I'm here for it. Um, so, uh, yeah. So again, for you guys, we're talking about unlearning. Um, all of us are old heads, retired athletes. So there's definitely some stuff that we're consistently on unlearning um, and stuff that are a little newer. But uh, Pastor Barry, when we did our kind of Instagram poll, you responded and gave us this theme. So if you want to introduce the theme and give us your interpretation. Yeah, as soon as I read it, it was like the first one that popped in my head. Um, and the, the theme is, as I go, we go. As I go, we go. And as somebody who um, often found myself um, if I wasn't the engine of the team, um, at the very least, I was like, um, uh, I found myself as a captain for all my teams, um, and, and a young captain even for, for them. But often I did find myself. So for my application, I was point guard and for baseball, um, like leadoff hitter, middle infielder. So my coach would say to me often, Hey, Hoover, as you go, we go, you know, and you're like, no pressure. But um, I, don't, I don't know what it is about that theme that um, it drives you. There's a lot of good that comes from it insofar as your preparation and for the uh, commitment level to yourself, to your level, and then for your teammates. But at some point, um, if you don't deal with it and, and unlearn some of those things, you find yourself being obsessive and or way too um way too focused on your performance 
um, spiritually speaking, right? Like the whole works, works based versus faith based um, relationship with Jesus, it can get uh, a little bit muddy really quick. And so um, the theme is something that I uh, have been unlearning for a long time um, because it's not as I go, right? It's, it's actually as Christ goes. And if you want to be super specific, it's, it's as the Holy Spirit goes, right? So if we're in the spirit, uh, we keep step with, with the Holy Spirit. And so um, it's been an unlearning um, for me since being done um, playing competitively in college. And Chris, you're dead right. I am an old head. I'm a way older head even than you two. And so you're talking 10 years plus removed from it and it's still something that i'm learning and um it's it's a um it's subtle i'll say that i'll turn it back to you for your thoughts i think it's a subtle view it's a subtle mindset that you can easily creep back into because you think if you're performing well and you're doing uh what you're supposed to be doing then your faith then it follows it right it's like oh look what i'm responsible for look what i'm doing because that's what you grew up doing right if you were you were an excellent point guard as you went the team goes right the team plays well they play unselfishly um and and this walk with jesus is not about us it doesn't start with us or end with us and it's incredibly freeing um to grasp that so that's why as soon as i read that question this was my first one and i'm it's been cool to flesh it out with you guys, if I'm honest. So. Yeah, really good. And I think um, before I let Bex kind of respond, <clears throat> what jumped into my mind. So we interpreted this a couple of different ways. And we're going to uh, like dive into that in a second. But um, I can definitely attest to that being in a leadership role on teams, but also being a goalkeeper in soccer. Like it's the most it's a unique role. It's a sport within a sport. And very truly as you're the best of teams, as your goalkeeper, how good your goalkeeper is can make or break your team. So it can get really, really, um, it's really easy to get an overinflated ego and be like, it's all about me. Like everything has to be for me. Training has to be for me. You guys have to listen to me, do this, do that. Um, and then if you're in that kind of frame of thought and you go into life after sport, working in a, in, teams in a different context, whether it's a ministry, it's in, it's in work. Even if you're coaching as I am now, you would think that still the same thing. Like I'm the center of the narrative. Everything has to be about me. And I'm, it's even interesting now, like I coach goalkeepers, which I know is the most important position on the field. Most people know is the most important position on the field, but I can't have the mentality of as my keepers go, as I go, the rest of the team has to go because then that neglects everybody else and then you know it causes kind of a rift and people feel unseen people don't feel as though they can truly learn or feel safe in an environment when it's like everything is only pointed to this one person or it's only pointed to this one position and not um addressing everybody else and and these years too of of um of learning that right just talk about the like college right high school college and then like this time, the more things that are focused on us, like self-centered, it's actually not the better. Because like I think of this even relationally speaking, as someone who's been married for 10 years, like you have this type of approach to um, a long-term 
relationship, talking about marriage first, like it, it it's not a healthy view, <laughs> you know, like it, it's not like, Hey, as long as my stuff is in order, then me and my marriage will be good. It's like, there's an, there is, that is, um, it's a way more robust, um, situation. And, and, and I know that it shows itself on teams while you're learning these things, because you don't want that rift that you mentioned, because, um, it, it's a pattern. It can become a pattern. There it is, right. It can become a life pattern of teams. And, um, when you're done playing work teams and then, and then relationships. So uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, a good point too. that rift that's there from focus too much self-focus. For sure. And I have a thought on that, but Bex, I'm gonna let you respond before I respond. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I think Pastor Barry, when you comment, like when you dropped this in the comments, when I first read it, I was like, what does he mean? Like I, I, and I didn't know. And then as we were talking about it, I was like, oh, and it, cause then you reflect on your own experiences and you're like, wow, that's so accurate. And it's almost something that becomes so ingrained in you that like, you don't even know that it's there until you turn the light on, on it and expose it. Um, and I think looking back on my own experiences in sport, it's definitely, I think performance wise, but also performance wise like speaking from a character level, like within a leadership role on your team and um, just constantly having eyes and constantly having people looking to you to see how you respond, constantly getting feedback based on how you're performing physically and also how you're responding to adversity, how you're interacting with your teammates, how you're interacting with the athletic department, the coaching staff, you know, the list goes on. And it's very much, hey, like, yeah, you got to keep your stuff together. You got to represent well, because if you fall out of line, everybody else who's following you, everybody else who's looking at you is going to feel free to fall out of line. And it's almost like, I know for me, it almost came to like idolizing my behavior and my ability to be good enough physically but also on a personal level like let me just make sure I always have it together I never struggle I never you know step a toe out of line because I have all this pressure on me that I really put on myself because again I think we're I know in my own heart like we're glory thieves and we look for something to worship and something to idolize and I think for me for you know really being honest with myself in a leadership role, it was obsessing on how am I presenting myself to other people and being very proud of being able to present myself well and that fake it till you make it mentality. Um, But yeah, you take, you know, you take that out of, it can be helpful in that environment, you know, to be doing things well and leading well. But when you get now down to the nitty gritty, like, where is that, where is my heart postured towards the Lord and my own sin? And, you know, all the, I think the, the list goes on. Yeah, for sure. And it's really good, Bex. And, and what you just said is um, really re- 
related to what Pastor Barry was saying earlier, and what comes to mind in both of your responses is it's really, really hard to see the areas that need growth when you put this um, harsh spotlight on yourself at all times, right? So like, um, I'm thinking about similar to what you were saying, Bex, this need to be perfect and quote unquote, control what you can control, which there's value in saying that. But then normally when people say that in a relational context, it's like, yeah, but control yourself. And it's like, if we think about it in a psychosocial context, there's so much about ourselves and our life and our experience that we can't control. But if we can look at it from a zoomed out perspective and have a little bit of, per, of, of perspective for lack of a better word, um, now we can kind of see, okay, the way I'm acting is gonna affect this person and this person and this person and is the influence one for the better or not? Is it self-serving? or does it actually benefit the whole team? And I'm thinking about um, after sport too, and Pastor Barry, you brought up the idea of like, um, even growing up in high school and college, as athletes, they're like, we have resources for you. Like you have this, you have this, come to this person. When you're in high school, everything is about getting you to college, tutoring, extra, tra- extra training, practice, et cetera. So it makes sense to have this mindset of, it's got to be about me and then I'll affect the rest of the team versus no, 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 no. If we can address the system as a whole, that can one make me better, but that can also make everybody better. So thinking about it in that way too, if these resources are not solely here for me. I'm not the center of the universe. These resources are here to hopefully better the whole system. But Pastor Barry, I see that you have a response. Yeah. Cause I, I want to get to the next part too, because I love your view on this, but before we do like I, and all this is doing is just connecting a couple of dots kind of like that's what we do during our conversation but like there's definitely that uh, the idol of influence mm-hmm. that w- w- right athletes learn because it's not all evil that's a part of the system that we find ourselves in but it, for anybody listening it takes work to unlearn the things that you need to unlearn all right and i know that's a way bigger topic that we find ourselves at least uh, let me forget it. let me just talk about myself as a pastor i i talk often about deconstruct deconstruction people that are deconstructing faith and and what is it and what is it not um but i find it interesting that the unlearning you know i love the the title of it there's a healthy unlearning to things and like we can um back like you said too there's an idol there that we have to deal with because there's an idol of influence that we um curate protect and then like that, whenever that time is, it's different for all of us. When you're done with that influence that you earned, right? As part of a team, major part of a team, um, even a professional athlete and you retire, right? Like there, I don't care when it is, but there is an end to it. And when that attention and that influence leaves, you know, uh, if you're not cultivating a heart that is not as I go, we go, but as he goes, I go, it, you, you, uh, you could be in trouble. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to unpack this idea of as he goes, we go, um, concept at the end. Once we talk about this alternative interpretation. And when I read this, I actually got really excited about it. Um, and I interpreted it a little bit different than the way you interpreted when you wrote it, uh, or you intended when you wrote it. And when I thought about this concept of as I go, we go, 
it's like this mob mentality, peer pressure kind of situation in team sports. It like is especially the case in team sports of as your captain goes or the most popular person on the team goes or as your coach goes, that means everybody else has to blindly follow and do the same thing. So when I was thinking about that, when it comes to like unlearning is one, learning to ask questions. Athletes are almost taught, do what coach told you to do and don't ask, just do it. Or do what your captains tell you to do and don't ask questions, just do it. But the problem is what happens when they lead you off a cliff? Well, you all have an issue now. So yeah, my interpretation with it is um, in athlete culture, especially, can you, can we like, uh, disassociate this almost like robotic mindset of like, okay, they've given me the path to do everything. They've given me every resource. They've managed my schedule for me. They've done all these things. So I'm just going to blindly take it, even if it's not good for me Um, versus in adulthood, when you actually get to make your schedule, when you actually get to make the relationships that you want, when you actually get to do things that is not all set up for you, now what's your response? And I feel like a lot of times in athlete culture, we're not taught how to do that. We're not taught how to do that. And, and specifically in that, um, the athlete world, uh, but there's a difference. And I, I could probably say this cleaner or like neater. I mean, um, but I, forgive me if it's long, but it's like, there's nothing wrong with asking an authority figure a question that's different than always questioning authority. I'm sure there's a cooler way of saying it, but that's the best I can do. Um, there's a difference. And I think we don't take the time to differentiate. Like if you're the one who's always questioning authority because you have an authority issue, um, that ain't healthy. It's not right. Um, but if you're never taught and, and shown by leaders, right. By those captains and any, if I'm honest, coaches too, and a staff and, and your peers, like, Hey, this is the right way to ask an authority figure a question. This is how you question with some and, and put some respect on it. I think that would go a long way because as a, somebody who, did all of those things, coach and captain and lead. It took it as like an attack, right? When, when a, for our application, right? When a freshman just didn't do exactly what you told him to do because you're the captain, uh, right? You just take it as like World War III. Like, what is going on? They, they shouldn't be here. And it's not really the case. <laughs> so can we demonstrate it? Can we do a better job? Yeah, for sure. It's really good. And, and Bex, I'm going to let you respond to this as well. Um, but before you do that, I'm thinking, um, especially as a coach, the co- the kids I coach now, um, there's questions for days. Sometimes you want to turn the questions off. It's like, hey, can I just like give you this before you ask me another question? Um, but it's good. Like they they want to know the, the mindset behind the decision-making. And I think we'll have to do this on another unlearning series episode that has to do with coaches unlearning how to tell your athletes to just do it and don't ask, because that's, if you want to get the best out of your athletes, you need to exercise some willingness to hear what they have to say. Um, and yeah, just like creating an opportunity for, for athletes to have all of the information and then do with it what they please versus you giving them part of the picture and then trying to manipulate them into doing what you want them to do. It's not efficient. It takes way longer, but anyway, that's not relevant. Um, but yeah, to your point, I think there's definitely the pride factor too, of you're the one in authority saying, okay, well, this is how I want it to be. You better do it. And then the minute they don't, it's 
you just attacked everything that is in me and my mom and my brother and my family and my dog. Like what? <laughs> like, it's not what it is. You just told them to go pick up cones and they said no. Like, but that's how we affect, that's how we, um, that's how we view it 100% when we, when we get put in a, in a quote unquote leadership role. But um, Bex, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this point. I think when I consider these two like alternative approaches to the, as I go, we go, I kind of, I put them together because I have it written down. It's like, as I go, we go from a leadership perspective, a leader may be saying that in their mind, but then the follower may have in their mind, okay, as you go, I go, it's the same I feel like it's coming, it's stemming from the same culture, the same unspoken understanding of this is how it is. We fi- we figure out how it's supposed to run, how the how the system's supposed to go. And then nobody asks questions, nobody steps a foot out of line. Leadership's gotta stay perfectly poised, followers gotta stay perfectly in line. And it's kind of just like this, everybody goes and everybody follows. Um, And I think, yeah, I just think it's a very, I've been blessed where this was very much my mindset and I've been blessed to have coaches um, and mentors in my life who kind of without me knowing that this was my mindset, who have kind of seen it in me and seen it in my behavior and have helped me kind of undo some of those things. Um, So I think it is possible to undo, but I think in athlete sports culture as a whole, it is this very ritualistic, just very much here's the box and everybody's gotta, like, there's not a whole lot of room for creativity. It's just very much idolizing the idealistic, how things should be. And then depending on our role, we fall into that. But in my mind, you know, it always comes back to an idol because we're not idolizing Christ. We're not, we're not staring at the cross. We're staring at some concept that over time culture has put in us when we think about sports. Yeah, really good. Um, and I wanna you know, transition, we're gonna talk about challenging the status quo is more or less what you're talking about, Bex, of like somebody's told to do something and now, okay, but like, let's really exercise some discernment here. Coach just told me to do X, Y, Z. And we can, it can go from all kinds of the spectrum. It can go in like a, the most subtle and minute things all the way through to like player hazing and craziness that goes on within sport that kind of goes with the, well, the star player's doing it, so we all have to do it. Or the leaders are doing it, so we all have to do it. But if we want to talk about challenging the status quo, let's read the gospel, because if there's anybody who challenged the status quo, it was Jesus. So um, Pastor Barry, I want to start with you. Where do we go from here? How do we fit scripture in here? The, um, I think it's important that um, we fit scripture in here. We, we fit the example of Jesus um, in this way. You know how the term like an apprentice, right? Like you're, like you're learning under a craftsman and an artisan. Like if you think about we're an apprentice to Jesus, no matter where we find ourselves in a sports team culture, whether we're 
trying to from from like walking on a team you probably don't belong on right to the captain to your captain and this is your, your final time and to the assistant coaches to the, to the head coach if we all have the the same um leveling ground of like hey we are an apprentice uh to jesus it it, it does not require or ne- uh, necessitate the removal of captains and leaders it doesn't bring everybody to the same um practical playing field because the skill sets are different right we're, 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 we're different but what it does is um it changes your perspective on everybody's individual journey and i think to talk about a specific scripture like i'm in um the book of Galatians for my own personal reading. And, and it's funny because I was thinking about this conversation today and Paul's talking about, it's the whole section, which I, we, we all love too, where it's like, Hey, um, slave or free, right. Jew or Gentile. Like it doesn't matter. We're like one in Christ. It's not that those uh, male, female, it's not that those things don't matter. Right. Like the point that we're unified in Christ Jesus is the main part. Like we are all apprentices and that's where we start from. So that level there's a whole layer of humility um, that should cover the whole entire um, team, right? In this context, and it should cover uh, any group and or church, any anything you can literally think of. That's the layer of humility that's that's needed because we're all apprentices at different at, at different spots on it. So uh, that's where I see a really practical application to it. So if, so so if someone's listening, right, and they're um, they're like on the, not on the, not on the fringe, but like maybe they're going to be a main leader next season type thing. Right. Um, my challenge to that type of person would be, um, the people behind you, your peers that are right next to you and the ones that are behind you coming up, uh, view them in the same way, um, apprentices of Jesus as you are that, um, captain that just got done their last season. And maybe you didn't care for them. (laughs) Right? Maybe you didn't care for their approach and or how they pushed you uh, because maybe they saw something in you and that was their best way of trying to get it out of you. Um, and any type of issue you might have with coaching staff on any level, put those, let that layer of humility reframe uh, how you view um, up, down and, and all around. Um, that's the physical, that's like the real practical application that I've, that I've been thinking about the last two days. Yeah, I love that. And it it brings to mind um, something that you said in the first time you were on, which is if there were things we weren't doing during COVID, like just let them stay there when it comes to uh, the stuff that the church is doing and thinking about this, let's challenge the way things have been done and continuing to like keep what has been efficient, keep what's been helping the most amount of people. And let's take away and replace the things that really haven't been working at all. And, um, this idea of humility brought to mind, um, you were just talking about Paul, you use another one of Paul's writings in 2 Timothy, the one that everybody knows, 2 Timothy 3, where he's talking to his apprentice, in this case, Timothy, um, in the first part in, in verse 10, when he says, you know, however, all about my teachings, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, and he goes on and on and on talking about how he's persecuting a lot of different places. Um, 
but then skipping all the way down, he tells him, he's like, how in infants from infancy, you have known the Holy Spirit, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Like he doesn't say, because you followed me, now you're wise. He doesn't say, because you follow me, now you have purpose, faith, patience, love. And he doesn't say any of that. He's like, you follow me and I point you to Christ. And as Christ goes, again, to use your point, Pastor Barry, as Jesus goes, you should go. I've merely given you an example, but he is your ultimate example. And he is going to obviously be there even long after my years and after I get killed for like daring to speak his name and, and all these places. So yeah, it brought me to mind that that concept too of the humility in this passage. You see it from a, from a follower perspective of Timothy, like here's who I should be looking toward, not just my, not making an idol out of my leader, Paul. And then from a leadership perspective with Paul, it's here's who you should be pointing your apprentice to, not just follow my example blindly. I'm the only one you get to listen to kind of deal. Uh, um, uh, one thought too, uh, while we're on there, like, and remember too, like Timothy, like I've, I've felt in times in my life, I was not a, an apprentice long enough before taking over a certain role. And like, that's Timothy, right? Like he's young. Right. And, and uh, it's important for all of uh, anybody who listens to this to like, f- forget about your timeline for promotion. Um, your, your, primary um focus will be um to keep the attention on jesus right we're his we're his apprentice and let the timelines god will, he, he he'll handle timelines uh, but as somebody who felt like they were in spots too soon um that's just a misjudgment on my part of god's timing you're right and his sovereignty and 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 all those things and uh and when we read writings like that, like from Paul to Timothy, who, you know, Timothy, you would like to think he did the same exact thing, right? Like in his later years, we don't have those writings, but I'm sure there was an echo of like, anything you see me do, um, my eyes are on Jesus. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, Bex, would love to hear your thoughts on all of this. This is so good. I think like I'm just sitting here like yes 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 um and I think again like bringing it back to sports you know in the professional world whatever it may be but I'll use the the example of sports because I think it's really I think we've all experienced it on some level when we're I'll use the term idolizing again when we're idolizing the leadership you know we I think a lot of times we idolize our sport Um, We live in a culture that idolizes sports. And because we're idolizing sports, we're therefore idolizing leadership in sports. Um, And I think, Pastor Barry, to your point of, you know, somebody who's like on the cusp of they're going to step into leadership next season um, and to look at the, you know, for example, look at their underclassmen with the same posture of humility and respect that you look to your upperclassmen, your co-captains, your assistant coach, your head coach. Um, And when, you know, the people in the top tiers of leadership have that approach too, it creates such a culture of a willingness to learn and also a willingness to admit mistakes. 
Um, and I think in this, as I go, we go, or as you go, I go, there is a f- very much a fear of admitting when you're wrong. When in reality, when we see ourselves as a, as people under Christ, regardless of what our leadership position is on earth, we have the freedom to be like, listen, like I messed up. I should not have done this. I should have not have spoken to you that way, whatever it may be. And I think that humility, I think too, is ultimately points people to Christ too, because it's like, I am human. I mess up. I am sinful. I'm, you know, ultimately every day I'm seeking out Christ, but I'm going to fail. Um, and I think that paints a really important picture um, of what a follower of Christ should look like for the world and their posture before the Lord. And um, I might be assuming a little bit here, but like um, I'm sure people that um, you guys know and um, that might listen will be in a spot of on a team being a leader and to like, I push all of us too. It's like, you know, if you, make um what should i say if the infraction is public make sure the apology is public right so like if you you call out a a, um, underclassman in a way in front of the whole team because you have the power to and you end up being wrong make sure your correction matches um the infraction um and then when you're done playing sports keep that same principle, <laughs> right? Um, because we, all of us have been on both ends of that. Um, and that has served me well. It's been super painful, um, but valuable because then this, the opposite is true. When you praise someone and you can do it privately, um, they can trust it when it's public. But if you can only do it publicly and you never do it privately, it's kind of like, uh, I it doesn't hold the same way. So um, I don't know what made me think of that, Becca, when you're talking, but like to, to push leaders to do that. Um, don't get distracted with um, the center of attention. That's been a theme in our conversation, but um, yeah, I'll stop there. Yeah, no, really good. And I think uh, we're going to, we're going to transition to like, where do we go from here? Why does this need to be unlearned? Um, and I think to this point, when we talk about <clears throat> the idea of leadership, we honestly need to do probably an episode on that, like unlearning thinking that leadership is only about position and it's not about influence. Because I think to your point of idolizing leadership in sport, um, the assumption is that you have to be a captain. Like you have to be the captain or you have to be the star player to have some kind of leadership without recognizing that, hey, you're a junior and there's freshmen and they look up to you just as much as they look up to the senior captain. So you have influence and thus you have, you are a leader, um, whether you wanna be or not. So that's something else that we, I'm sure we'll have to address in a later episode, but um, Bex, we'll start from you and then Pastor Barry will go to you. So where do we go from here? Why is this something that we need to unlearn for life after sport? What would it look like? in life after sport, what do you think? I think there's a lot of ways to answer this question. I think for me, basing it off of what I've experienced in my own personal life, I think for me, the importance of unlearning this was with unlearning this comes a freedom 
of and a release from bondage of a certain type of fear um and a fear of i think to to put it differently an inability to accept grace and to really walk in what in grace and what does that mean to be under grace and what does it mean that we serve a god of grace and i think the mindset of as i go we go there are always eyes on me i always have to be perfect you know translating that in a really skewed way to my relationship with the lord it's i have to perform before god you know i constantly have to be on my a game for god almost like he's a coach or he's a scout or you know whatever it may be um when in reality we're not called to perfection and we're not called to you know god doesn't put us in these positions allow us to have influence on earth for the kingdom with the condition that it has to be perfect all the time um and i think learning that is it's a freedom to make mistakes it's a freedom to admit to mistakes and also a freedom to really learn from other people and i think as a church as a community of believers we can learn from a believer who's young in their walk with the lord just as much as we learn from a mentor who's been walking with the lord for however many years um but i think that posture of humility and an openness and a willingness really comes from for me that i am continuing to learn comes from an understanding that i don't have to have it all together i don't have to walk rigidly through my life thinking that i can't make mistakes because all eyes are on me i think admitting mistakes is actually does more for the glory of the lord and for the kingdom than fake perfection ever would well said do i have to go can we just end with becca <laughs> um yeah um where do we go from here other than that bomb that truth bomb um there has to be a change in that theme from you know as i go we go to as christ goes i go uh mainly because of priorities if i can i'll make it as clean as possible so that old that theme of you know as i go we go I set the priorities. These are the things that are important and the group in which I'm leading will adhere to these priorities. But if it's as Christ goes, as Christ goes, I go, he's setting the priorities and he might deem things more important than I ever would. He might deem certain people more important than I would have ever thought of. And he may not prioritize comfort and ease and influence as my brain understands it. And if we fail to get to that spot of 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 relinquishing that you're not the engine but you're a committed follower of Christ, we may never experience um that freedom that Beck is talking about. You may never get there. You might always feel like you're hindered and or in bondage. And it's it could be because you you've never made a straight up 
decision at moment in time to say, you know what? Jesus, as you go, I go. And you might have a little bit of fear in there because you, I can speak from my own life. You, um, he might take you into places that you would never have taken yourself. Um, and it's worth it. Every inch, every difficulty, every tear, every question, every doubt, every fear is worth it a uh, hundred times over. That I can say with confidence. I can testify to his goodness. So I encourage you to do the same. As Christ goes, you go and hang on for dear life because it's good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, just echoing both of your points, uh, if we can unlearn this idea of as I go, we go, then you have the freedom to what Becca and Pastor Barry said to feel not okay and secure at the same time. Because like, as you said, um, we can use the idea of an engine. Why not? Instead of trying to mix metaphors, Eh, it's fine. Um, if you think about it, like you're, if you're walking around faulty and you're like, no, 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 but it has to be this way. I have to be the one that does everything. You might break a system more than, than you should realistically, because we don't know when to walk away. We don't know when to remove ourselves from the scenario. We don't know when to ask for help. But if we change it and flip it to, as Jesus goes, I go, then I can be a hot mess which I am most of the time, I can be a hot mess and be secure in the fullness of who Jesus is and know that where he's taking me is far greater than I could take myself because literally the engine is faulty. So there's going to be a stop at some point. You're going to hit the wall and it's not going to feel great. But if we can rest in who Jesus is, that's never going to, that's never going to run out. That's never going to fail. So, um, yeah, and then transitioning, if we're talking about life after sport, it's the same thing. And I feel like I see this all the time. Athletes, we know about burnout. And in life after sport, we really know about burnout. Um, like Bex, you and I are both in grad school. But there's a guilt um, associated with when you take off days in sport and in life, a- in life after sport as an adult, there's a guilt in when you decide to say, I need to rest right now. Because if the thought process is, it has to be me or nothing else will work, then resting seems like we're doing a disservice to everybody else. So really, if we can decouple it now, I need, and I can say, okay, it's not really about me. If I'm not helping you, then I can be secure in removing myself from the equation, not thinking that I have to be the most important part of it. So whether you have 50% of me or 100. So really good. I love it. I am jazzed up and could talk about this for ages with both of you guys. It's always a lot of fun when, you, when Pastor Barry, when you come on the show. So, but we're out of time. Uh, otherwise, we'll go on for forever. Um, so, Pastor Barry, I want to thank you again for coming on and really giving us this topic. It's a really awesome one and so applicable to athletes and to athletes transitioning out of out of sport, active being active athletes. Um, so I want to thank you again for coming on, you know, so it's a treat. We learn a lot from you. Yeah. Th- um, thanks for making the time. I know um, scheduling can be difficult, right? We're recording this on a afternoon weekend, a weekend afternoon. So uh, thank you 
for for making space for me and um i think last time i i said it too but i i just want you to to hear again um the respect and the admiration i have for both of you for speaking into a um not just topics but a culture um that doesn't necessarily have a lot of these types of voices and perspective on it so um just to encourage you to um this project this is what you do um is important it's it's important both of this this work that you guys are doing and um keep going not that you needed me to say it but keep keep going um to strong god-filled spirit-led women following after christ and speaking with hard situations for athletes um is super special so please keep going thank you so much for those words it's definitely um that's the idea we want to be raw and real and we want to be able to help help people but it's honestly Bex, i'm gonna speak for myself i'm gonna speak for you it's cathartic it's like an excuse for us to have group therapy on this show more or less so um but yeah we also have a lot of fun recording so again thank you so much for coming on the show um and for everybody if you weren't taking notes rewind take notes Becca dropped an absolute truth bomb on us. There's been truth bombs everywhere left and right in this show. So go back, rewind as many times as you need to. But um, we're out of time. So if you guys love what you're hearing, love what you're seeing, hit the red subscribe button at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> follow us on Instagram at BehindTheMess3132. Find us everywhere where there are uh, podcasts, also at BehindTheMess3132. Um, but until next time, We'll check you guys later.